Welcome back to The Drop, the contest edition. We are luckily enough going to be joined again by Jake the Snake Patterson, self-proclaimed surfing's biggest overachiever, the captain of fun, a 98 pipe master. He went back-to-back at J-Bay, two titles at Sunset, Coach Stephanie Gilmore to a world title. There's not much old snake lips hasn't done. We're stoked to have him on the show. We're going to talk all things Portugal. Katie Simmers taking out the win in only her third event uh, of her career on the world tour. Jao Chianka in the men's victorious over Jack Robinson. We're going to talk to Snake about what it feels like to surf 10-foot Super Tubos, what it's like to give a wave away when you've got priority, what does it really mean to ride out of a tube in 2023? We're going to hear it all from Snake. Let's get into it. Oh, well, that one that one wave of Callum's like kind of had the whole world in awe. For, you get what I mean? That one wave went viral for the whole thing. So it was, um, you know, it, it kept us intrigued to say there could be more, you know? Yeah, 100%. That definitely is... They're the kind of waves that... Well, unfortunately, they'd already called it off. But, yeah, they're the kind of waves that keep you up. Like, the, the heat start getting underway about 7 o'clock on the East Coast or, you know, 6 o'clock. And then after dinner, it's kind of dragging on. But when you see waves like that and you know there's that potential, you, you definitely hang on for a few extra heats. Yeah, definitely. There was a lot of heats that went down. Time zone's pretty good for you. How much of the action did you catch live? I watched most of it, mate. Because, like, yeah, when it finished last night, it was like, uh, you know, just after midnight. So it was was pretty, not too bad for me. Wes is best, mate. You know that. (laughs) Yeah, looking forward to it. Count down the days. (laughs) We are... We've got a couple of good sales reps in that part of the world, and they're always sending uh, updates over this way. And, and let me tell you, I'm keeping a, a keen eye on it this time of year, counting down the days. On the both sides of the tour at the moment, there's there's shades of dominance um, from sort of a couple of different camps. One of them would have to be Leandro Dora Snake. I, I want to touch on him a little bit. I know he didn't coach the winner in the men's side, um, but he's obviously looking after Jack, his son Yago, Ian Gentile. Um, how much are you spending time with with Leandro? He's kind of like an underground figure in the coaching world. He is. Um, I have I've not really spent time with him, but he was when I was coaching. He was uh, obviously Yago's been on tour for a while now, so he was around with Yago and he travelled with him and his dad and uh, his mum. Sorry, a little bit. Um, you know, it it was. You know, he he seems like a has got a super good program. I, I relate his coaching tactics more to like Belly's kind of thing. Like the environment that he creates is really cool, and everyone feels so relaxed and and ready to perform at their best, um, to put their best foot forward, kind of thing. So he creates this atmosphere, like you know, let's, um, I've I've created this whole big thing for you guys to just not have to worry about anything besides going out there and perform at your best. And then a few little tips here and there and videoing um, obviously really helps. And, you know, the amount of work they put in looks looks really solid. You get what I mean? They're always there early. They're putting in low tide, high tides on all the breaks and, and you know, not leaving any stone unturned to, to get a result. For sure. That kind of leads me to our next question. At an event like that, how much coaching really goes into it? Because it, it certainly looked like, you know, as all the surfers said, victory at sea. Oh, it's it's a coach's nightmare, that event, for sure. I mean, it's you, you've got to have a, an athlete that's ready to adapt in on, on a low-tide heat, you know, when, 
you know, the, the heat before you is getting eight-point barrel rides, but you need to be able to adapt to go. Um, it's it dropped out low tide. Two one-turners are going to get me through this heat, so you need to, you know, switch on and 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 lock it down kind of thing. Um, if you if you checked out Joa's um, final, the way he, how he shadowed Jack when he had priority and then paddled off down the beach when he didn't have priority, was just, you know, that's just coaching 101 of, of how you should play the game. You get what I mean? And the guys that didn't do what like that, like, for, for instance, Kanoa got caught out because he, you know, he wasn't prepared to shadow someone and, and stop him from catching a good wave when, when he had priority. So... You know, it can be your best friend or your worst enemy, but um, why leave stuff to chance kind of thing? And, and you're, at that event, you kind of, you know, you've got to be in the zone and, and a lot does come down to chance, I think. Yeah, we're going to take a listen to Kanoa right here. Uh, yeah, that was hard yesterday. I, um, you know, I feel like I've been trying to, I've had this new strategy that I've been trying to uh, kind of uh, put into place uh, since the start of the year and it hasn't been working. Uh, I've been kind of approaching my heats in a different way, and uh, but obviously it didn't work. And I just told myself this morning I, I was going to go back to to what I know how to, what what I what I know, and to uh, pretty much just approach the heats with um, with a with a plan A and and no other plan. And just, I just stick to my plan no matter what. Um, you know, and I feel like this year I've been I've had plan A B C D E, and uh, it's almost like you know. I'm really, I really like having my plan and sticking to it no matter what. So, yeah, that ended up working today. I mean, to be honest, it's so hard out there. You kind of have to get lucky, and, and luckily I did. But I'm curious to know, what's this new approach? Uh, the new approach, I was just, yeah, I was pretty much trying to, uh, you know, manufacture scores on, on ways that, uh, that I didn't see the potential in, uh, <laughs> which kind of doesn't make sense now that I talk about it, but... Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I love I love competing and I love uh, the math and the numbers of it, and I, I kind of forgot about that in the beginning of this year. So I want to just get back to, to what I know, uh, what I know, which is uh, competing and battling with the people instead of, um, you know, instead of kind of wandering on uh, in the heat by myself. So, yeah, I think uh, you know, I, I feel like I have a good uh, good mindset right now going into the rest of the event, rest of the year, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so you're spot on there, Snake. Like, Kanoa is so good at playing the game. And it seems like he wanted to approach this year definitely taking a leaf out of, say, like, Gabby and, and Philippe's book, trying to surf waves up, which I definitely think is a talent that, that they possess, those Brazilian boys, and, and they do it so well. But Kanoa, man, like, his strengths in conditions like that are so strong. It was surprising to see him shy away from that and that gamesmanship, which he's so good at. When I coached him, he was the best, absolutely the best, of holding someone off a score at the end of the heat, like of going, I'll let this guy have this wave because I can't better a score. I don't think he can get that score. And he he's so good at reading waves and going, okay, I need to pull the trigger now because I see the the potential of a score or whatever. You know, he's he's been bitten a couple of times. Geordie got him at, at that very event a couple of years ago when he let Geordie have a have a wave at the end of the heat, um, needing a big score, and Jordy did a huge big punt um, and landed it. But um, he beat himself up because he goes, why didn't I take that and do the huge punt? And then he wouldn't have the opportunity. I said, but that was the hard way to get the score. Don't beat yourself up about that. You couldn't have let him have the reign of the, of the, of the whole thing for five or six minutes needing that score and then, you know, you would have beaten yourself up either way. He had to deliver the crazy air to beat you. So... You know, I think it was in a semi or, or a quarters or something, but he beat, you know, get what I mean? So it can, 
live by the sword, die by the sword. But for me, Canola's the best at knowing what wave they need to get the score and what athlete he's competing against. So, you know, he'll he'll know if a Philippe, you know, he he'll won't let him have a closeout, if you get what I mean. He'll let him have a fat little burger because he can do three cutbacks, but, you know, he'll have to learn it the hard way. But, yeah, I, I was kind of baffled that he had priority when he lost that heat um, and he was dropping it. He had the, the big score of that heat. He had an eight and um, it was Sammy Poopo Poopo that sorry that had uh, needed a seven point something so and Cano was dropping a five so he takes that seven off him gets a seven himself you know he's he's comboed so I, I don't know where he was or what he was doing but it's so hard watching from home because the the overlapping heats that the the playing ground's so big that they all paddle away and down the beach and stuff so I don't know I don't know what happened but I haven't to- I haven't spoke to him yet. Yeah, I mean, he takes that wave and nosedives and he still wins the heat. It's a, Yeah, it, was a, it would have been a hard one for him to, to sort of hear that score get read out for sure. Speaking of overlapping heats, there's a couple of crew that really stand out with it, um, but it is a hard one to get your head around because unless you've been on the tour since they started it, you get no practice at it. Um, sort of who stands out in your mind as some of the best at it? Oh, geez, it's it's a, that is a tough one, but it's the best thing that's ever happened in pro surfing. Can you imagine watching two guys out there in those conditions and then seeing like a a crazy right go down the beach unridden and a crazy left down because they're out of position? But this gives like more action for the crowd to watch. It's it's so entertaining to watch, and every twenty minutes there's a new heat happening. So. Um, it, you got to get your head around, and once once you know what's going on in the in these heats, it's so entertaining. But um, uh, I, I think that it really benefits the good guys, the top guys like John, and um, guys that can surf underneath the heat and see something that the the priority heat don't want, and they they take a wave and can create a score. Um, places like this are perfect for it um, in in Portugal because the beaches like spread out, and they can you know get away from the guys who are priority. Pipe's so hard because, you know, it's one takeoff zone, it's a left and a right, and you kind of go, you know, the priority heat, if it's pretty slow, they're taking all the good waves pretty much time and time and time again, and you have to wait for your turn kind of thing. Unless you get a four or five wave set, you don't really get the opportunity. So, um, you know, I, I love it. I love J-Bay, you know, because if it's slow in J-Bay and there's... there's um, and then the sets come and there's five or six waves in the set. Everyone gets a chance. Um, and and mix, mix up beach breaks is just super exciting to watch. So um, I, I think it really benefits the, 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 the most talented surfers. Yeah, couldn't agree more. It, it is hands down the best thing that ever happened to pro surfing and making it you know so watchable in conditions like that where it is tens and twos. And you need to roll the dice on a couple. And if you've got 20 minutes up your sleeve, um, you know what, what better thing to do? And I, unfortunately for the... For the guys that like probably the gamesmanship, like what Kanoa's talking about, it really doesn't favour them because if you give John and Gabe enough swings at, at, at chances like that, uh, as you said, that the talent's sort of really going to shine through. What, what's interesting to me about overlapping heats is that, like you said, even at slow locations like Bells, like J-Bay, in those, um, you know, <laughs> locations where you wouldn't think it would be as advantageous, the good guys, like your Owen Wrights and, and these other crew that are you know super special at reading the ocean they still manage to be on the better waves even in the second priority heat it's 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 always been astonishing to me yeah uh, i just think as you just said it's the best thing that's ever happened so 
Um, I think Kelly invented it like, you know, 20 years ago or something like that. So it, uh, it, it, it's great. And it's great to see. You know what I like to see? Overlapping heats with men's and women's because at some places like, uh, you know, Chopu, for instance, like the girls can sit inside and catch the waves they want to catch. But, you know, maybe necessarily they don't want the like the eight, 10 footer waves. But then the guys will be out there like frothing on them, if you get what I mean. So they can run it like, you know, it'll... Oh, even like sunset and stuff, you know, get what I mean? So it, it'll even help the girls sit with the guys to take the waves that they want to take, you get what I mean? So I'd like to see a bit of that happen. For sure. I I would love to as well. Uh, I think there'd be certain events in the year where it might be, uh, you know, too complicated. Maybe like, you know, Tahiti going into trestles, everyone's trying to get into the final five. I don't think any of the blokes would be too happy to help as such but maybe like first event after the cut you know or something like that where there isn't you know obviously it's the wave pool this year so that's not really going to work but like firing g land or something like that i definitely think you got a great point there i think it would be awesome to see that kind of shared lineup and like you know we'll get on to it now like katie simmers and, and and the women's performances in this event were unbelievable like Katie Simmons would have to be like 50 kilos dripping wet and she's just out there matching power with power. This is incredible. Yeah, she's a huge talent coming through and and she's the, she's the Taj story pretty much, if you get what I mean. Like um, qualified on tour, went, no, 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 I don't want, I don't want, um, I don't want to take my spot. Uh, I, I'm not ready. Um, and now she's, if you get what I mean, she's ready to, to rumble with the girls and she's just proven how, how, you know, I really hope she makes top five and makes stressors because it'll be so sick to watch her at, at lowers. Um, but going through the ratings right now, the women, holy moly, there's a there's some there's a shake up. You know, Steph's sitting fourteenth. You know, four spots out of been making the cut. So, you know, where 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 does Steph start thinking about you know freaking out about making making you know the rest of the year? Lakey's you know one spot about her in thirteenth. Courtney, you know, all these veteran girls, Sally, Sally's 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th is Sally, Courtney, Lakey and Steph, you know, so it's pretty, pretty gnarly. Yeah, there's a, there's a good article on the website now, it, it sort of details what the men would need and, and what the women would need to, to climb over that line and the task for the women is a whole lot harder, you know, for a lot of the men that are sitting on that cut line, Kelly or Kanoa or, you know, names like that, they, they really only need a fifth out of these next two events to be okay because they already have like one result there but the women's uh, tour is so much more condensed like Steph's looking at two thirds um, to be safe you know she could end up with a third and a ninth and be okay but you you wouldn't want to rely on it so yeah it it is going to be yeah Bells is going to be super super important but yeah you know getting back to Katie and the Taj thing I I was trying to think and I had to do a bit of googling like Taj didn't win an event until his second year on tour you know, Katie's three events in, and she's sort of in that realm of like Steph winning as a wild card. You know, Tyler winning as a wild card. Ty- Tyler Wright, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mick and Joel. I know we're going back a few years. There's only a handful of people that have won. You know, this early on in their careers, like Dane and Geordie didn't even chalk up a win this early. Like she's in a very special league. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, she's. She's one of those freak ch- kids that have come through. I mean, she won the U.S. Open when she was thirteen or fourteen or something. That was just, you know, incredible. I was there for that, and um, and it's just 
I think she she was just going, I'm not even had a good heat, and she won the event, if you get what I mean. She was like going, I'm just warming up, and kind of like she was licking her lips, just going, I just want to get a barrel, and, you know, she was frothing out, and then every every section she got, she hit it as hard as she could, and she was frothing, it looked like, from, from home. So um, Tommy's done a great job of, of you know, coaching her to, to her strengths and, and getting that, that, that done, but... um. You know, I think that one heat in the quarters, I think, when she she should have been done, if you go to mean. She she needed a score, a pretty pretty decent score, five point five, which is that you know out there is pretty gnarly, and um, didn't have priority. There's like ten seconds to go, and the girl was it Sophie? Sophie, uh, yeah, yep, Sophie. yeah, Sophie's sitting on her, and then she was stuck. They were both stuck in the rip, but she got the glide, the chip in, and Sophie missed it. And she does one big backhand hook and gets the score and, and ends up winning the event. So, geez, it, it's like, you know, it was meant to be, eh? Oh, for sure. When you get when you get moments like that, um, what do you do if you're Sophie in that situation, Snake? So heavy when you make that crucial mistake. Like, she, why weren't she sitting one metre in from her kind of thing and making sure she catches that wave, you know? That quarterfinals to a third place is huge in, in the girls. That, like the last 30 seconds might have been the last, maybe it was a minute to go. He needed a score and I let him have this little wave and, and it probably was going to be the last wave of the heat. And I went, oh, good luck. You're needing a 6.8 or whatever. And being Oki being Oki. And I just went, oh, what have I just done? I was sitting on the outside of him and, and he just ripped the shit out of him, gets the score. And I sit there just going, thing. I paddled back to Nomoto from bloody cloud break, just so eggy, <laughs> just going, what have I, oh, just, you know, ate me up. Because it was a mistake that, you know, I should have just taken the wave and then he would have had to rely on another wave anyway. And, and then it would have been, oh, just anyway, but. That might be eating her up, but we can be critical of that. But funnily enough, it, it's sort of a surprise to me to think of it. But that's actually Sophie's first CT. Obviously, she had the injury; she missed the first two. She qualified in spectacular fashion. So for her to come out of the gates like that and get a fifth, you know, job well done to her. It was just a bummer that it finished like that. And um, you know, before we go on to the next topic, I, I need to put my hand up here. And I said Katie Simmons wouldn't even make the cut. Uh, I wasn't taking anything away from her talent. I just thought the schedule was a bit rough, but. I need to own that one and say, well done. Not only has she made the cut, she looks like she could win a bloody world title. So I'll get right behind that. Snake, that's... Didn't I pick, didn't I pick her to win the event? I need, I? To, listen. I? I need no, to listen to Master right. Snake more often. Picked her to win the comp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. You, who did you pick? I said, uh, I said um, oh. uh, Yago was going to be the underdog for me. Yep. And he finished third. And you picked oh, Liam, I picked Liam didn't you? And How'd he, he go? He average, got 17th, uh, 17th, I think. He lost to Callum Robson in like a very, very low-scoring, grindy heat. And then in my... Wasn't that the heat that he got 10 in? No. Uh, Callum? He, Callum got a 10 against Maxime in that elimination round. Uh, needed like an 8-5 oh. and got a 10. Like, it was pretty crazy. And then he beat Liam in the next heat. So your underdog yeah, yeah, certainly okay. did a whole lot better than mine. And even if we were playing under-over line, it, the quarters was sort of the line we were talking about. And Yago definitely did that he nearly went the whole way um so that's yeah. um yeah job well under the snake man and then i had some horrible <laughs> picks you definitely got me on this one i had steph and steph and breezer i think and then um you had mate i'll let you pick about four people but it was your first time on the show in a while so we'll let we'll let that one slide um you know, getting a heartbreak put the boot on the other foot you're Idolo Ferreira, you've found the opportunity, you've got the wave, you, you ride the wave to 98% of its entirety. Um, another tough pill to swallow, right? 
I'm calling it was a make. Yeah, right. What do you think about oh, his air like, Narrabeen? Oh, I think that was a make too. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, it's funny. You get what I mean? Like, what, what are you talking about? He came out of the barrel and he's straightened out. So he's made the barrel. What do you mean? He's still on his feet when he comes out of the barrel. Why isn't that not scored? I don't get it. And when he in the Narrabeen thing, he'd done the air reverse. He'd like landed on his feet. And just because the wave, this is the Clohe thing back in the day. You know, he's the one that kind of arced up about it. What he, the judges want to see him like pat the dog to ride out kind of thing. He's made the manoeuvre. He's on his feet in front of the wave. And just because the wave overtakes him, it's just like, it's, they need to reward. These guys are going to stop doing these things. You get what I mean? It's like, we want to see more of it, not... You know, shy against it. Yeah, I agree. I definitely can recall like a few Dayanairs when he came on that they were definitely pretty lenient on, and it was because it was setting the bar. Like you want to see that shit, and it, without it, like that everything becomes a whole lot more. I don't know, less risky. You want to see risk. It's entertainment. Even if they fall on maneuvers like that, it's still more entertaining than you know a three to the beach. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, sure. Sh- no, sure not give it a 9.5 because it's like you want to see those crazy airs where you ride out and continue riding and, and whatever. But, like, it can't be a 1.5. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, that, that wave that he came out of, Attilo, was, like, incredible. And he got chomped after he straightened out. So that's he's made the wave. He made the barrel. Yeah. So why not score the barrel? Like, that's my two cents with. But he, he would have beaten my boy Yago. So... <laughs> Yeah, well, that was yeah. Well, I, that was my men's pick, Italo. I thought this was going to be his time to really come back and put his flag uh, in the beach at Super Chubos, but not not to be. But yeah, look, entertaining heat and crazy. Like talking about like strategy and just being in the zone. Like Yago did that heat the hard way. Like he turned his way out of trouble that heat and um, did a really good job of it. Like he's looking really really sharp. Oh, definitely. Like uh, he, you know, he had his back against the wall. Atello started with a huge score, had a nine something, didn't he, in the first couple of minutes? So yeah, yeah, Yago felt fought back well. But what about young Rio Wada? Are you kidding me? Mate. How's how many world titles he took down in that whole event? He he was the dragon slayer. He was on fire. And look, I'll be honest, when I saw him at that event like two weeks early, we mentioned it on the last episode with his beanie on, freezing, training every day. Didn't really look like he was loving it. You wouldn't expect an Indonesian to love that cold weather. I'm kind of thinking, I reckon he might have cooked his goose here and he's just sort of too much too soon, you know? Like, over-hyped it maybe, kind of similar to Griffin coming into pipe. Like, they just want it so bad that it sort of comes unraveled. But, man, absolutely not. Like, so cool to see. And, like, he's sweet. He's 10th in the world and... Yeah, he's made the cut. <laughs> it's, it's pretty sick. Yeah, do you think that's that's it? Like, he, it, with those results, he's, you reckon he's made it? Yeah, last year was two ninths and two seventeenths was like maybe slash yes. That's what Jacko Baker got him with. Um, so Rio with um, a fifth and a ninth already, uh, I reckon that he's 100% safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about Kelly? And now, like, from he did this thing I saw on Instagram the other day just saying he's done for the year. Did you hear it? Did you see that? I did see that, and I just think that's one of those things where Kelly's obviously the Jedi master, but I, I kind of think it was just a slip of the tongue. Like, he's, I kind of took that as he's done for the year here in Portugal. He, he never really loved going there anyway. He used to skip it a lot. Like, uh, uh, you know, like, I don't think that was, a, I'm done. No, I can't, I can't. I didn't see that as a retirement 
<laughs> that announcement. No, at no, all. no, no. But. I mean, I know for a fact he's he's got a bib on and he's frothing from from here to next week about getting into the Olympics to to surf at Chopes for that. Um, He's got to try and qualify whichever means he can to try and get into that. But mm. I'd be very, very, very surprised if he doesn't rock up at Bells. Totally. And I had this um, thought, Snake. I'll just put it out there now. Not seeing a hell of a lot for, for Kelly at Bells. But what I'm thinking is we roll into Margs. He needs to make a heat or two. Round three gets called on at the box, and he just has like this performance where you just <laughs> everyone's writing him off, and he just gets eighteen points and just absolutely slays whoever he's got, and we all just realise like how could we ever write him off? One of one of those heats. No, nah, I'm calling he's going to do good at Bells, mate, because Bells is one of those tricky places that you need to have your knowledge of you know the the lineup with the stairs, what boil to sit on with the tide, blah blah blah, and I mean he surfed more that that event more than anyone and. You know, if you flash back to that final that he surfed against Mick doing those crazy full rotation airs, he's still got it in him. He can do all that stuff. So I'm calling he's going to do good at Bells and then come to Margaret's and as I really hope we get to see him at the box and and, uh, show his true form in barrel riding. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and you're right about Bells. Like that experience counts for so much down there and a lot of youngsters on the tour that, you know, like Rio, for instance, we were trying to get him there a lot uh, last year once he qualified. His schedule was really busy. He had Olympic obligations and there'd be a bunch of kids on the tour like that and Kelly's been to Bells for probably 35 years. So... Yeah, plenty, plenty up his sleeve there. But um, yeah, g- getting back to Portugal, we saw a really cool image of the president hugging Jao on the <laughs> stairs. How cool in was his that? Three-piece suit, just not giving a fuck. That was the sickest thing ever. That was like Bob Hawke esque. It was. He was hugging Joel, giving him a hug, and then you know Jack was giving him shuckers and stuff. It was like he's into it, huh? And that. That's good for his image, you get what I mean? Portugal loves surfing and for him to have all those images of like being down at the beach and, you know, showing his face and, you know, makes him cool, gives him a really credible image, I think. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, Portugal, they do great things for surfing. They have a challenger event there. They have a world tour event there. You know, last time I checked, they had two 3000s in town there at Caparica and another one up at Santa Cruz like there. They get right behind it, man. Like, you know, not a lot of countries like the, the superstar countries can can say that they do get behind as much as Portugal. You know, we're really fortunate out here in Australia. We've got a great regional series that's un- going underway at the moment. But, yeah, Portugal definitely lifts its weight when it comes to pro surfing. Are we going to talk about the crowd on that Sunday afternoon? Are you joking me? <laughs> that was like a full Brazilian crowd of like, it must have been 10,000 people oh. uh, just packed on the beach. And... That's just what we're talking about, how much they love it. You know, when the waves are on and the sun's out, they come down and support it, and um, it was great to see. Yeah, 100%. We kind of brushed over it earlier, but Snake, have you ever had a tube exit like Italo's? I know you didn't at the 1998 Pipe Masters. <laughs> no, I definitely made that one, but... Um, we can queue that one up again. It's due for a yearly rehab. <laughs> you want me to tell the story again? <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, yeah, one of the, yeah, I, I swear in hot, in, in France, those, the, you know, Le Gravier, it's famous for those, you know, the doggy door kind of, did you make it? Did you not? You think you've, you've come out or whatever and you get exploded and then you come up and you get a 1.5. You just go, you just got to be joking. I just traveled for like five seconds in a barrel and just got, you know, clipped or whatever on the way out, but I was standing and then, you know, you're getting a 1.5. It's, 
this is what I mean. If you make the barrel, it's if you're on your feet and then get bounced off at the end, it's like it should be a mate, I think. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I uh, I didn't think Italo made that error at Narrabeen. I kind of think that he just, because he spun, he lost his momentum, and I think momentum is important to be complete. But coming over to the tube, I am with you. He, he has plenty of momentum there. There's no, Momentum is not an issue. He's riding forward out of the tube, no doubt. In, there's absolutely no doubt what direction he's going. And he just kind of gets swatted like a fly. But it's just unfortunate. I guess that's the only way I can put it. Like, it's just Mother Nature being cruel and the, the judges sort of... I don't think anyone's really come to an agreement like what you're talking about. Yeah, it's not a nine. You can't, you know, we won't go the full length of the score, but oh, it's definitely worth more than a one. Yeah, it's. Mm. But like, you get what I mean? Like, J Bay, for instance, you get barreled like on the inside bit and you get barreled all the way through. You come out, but then you d- drive into the next bit of the closeout barrel and you go, well, why shouldn't you be rewarded for coming out of the, the hard bit of the barrel and then you're kind of like finishing the wave in into the closeout? But are they going to call that like, you know, you come out, but then you go in again. It should be, I don't know. Oh, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, that's, it's, a, it's, it's thin ice. I reckon that's an even gnarlier topic than this sort of making the tube, but then getting knocked off. Making the tube, but then pumping into a closeout. I'd, um, I'd love to sit in on that meeting. <laughs> Not on our watch. We don't have that time. No, well, look, we do have a very uh, exciting Australian leg coming up. Um, I'm, I'm pretty happy to watch surfing in, in the time zone that I live in. Uh, I thought Portugal was good for me, but I really didn't make it past 9 o'clock most nights. So I was just living on a heat analyzer. But uh, a, a great event it was. Kelly and Steph in a whole lot of trouble. It's going to make, you know... I know you're not a big fan of the cut snake, and I've definitely got some questions about it, but it creates some drama, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it, but like uh, the, the WSL have done a great job to create the drama, if you know what I mean? So you've got like the last year's world champion, like way outside the cut line, having to perform, and that drives media. You get what I mean? It's going to drive pressure and media to, to the event, and which events like not necessarily matter in the, the world title race, but you're creating a, an atmosphere of more pressure and pretty much may as well be a world title to keep going because she can't win a world title if um, she's not in the, the tour anymore. You know what I mean? So Totally. Yeah, um, for sure. And what, what's Steph going to do if she doesn't make it? That's I'm fucking freaking out for her. She'll probably just go and make rad films. There's no way she's doing the QE. Like, she'd do Snap It because it's in her front yard. She'd probably do it. But then again, probably wouldn't do it. I don't know. That's a tricky one. Wouldn't w- she did it last year because she was on... On the tour, well, but, Sally, yeah. Sally didn't make the, the cut and she got wild cards, so I reckon she'd probably just get wild cards, maybe. I reckon she'd be pretty deserving of a wild card. Obviously, that goes without saying. Um, it'd be interesting to see her not on the tour. Like I couldn't think of a, a world where Steph Gilmore's not going for a world title on the world tour, but yeah, I guess we'll just have to um, wait and see how it all, all plays out. Um, the one thing, they haven't locked in their Challenger Series schedule yet, but I think the less events on that tour, the better. Um, I don't know if seven or eight's the magic number there. I think less would suit. And then and then I think you would get the champs poking their head in. They'll just go, oh, cool, I'll do the first two, see how I go. Most probably win one of them and then, and then commit to finishing them. So I feel like that would play a big part in anyone that falls off the tour that's sort of, you know... A bit, you know, later into their twenties, early thirties, like they're not going to do a full year on the QE, I don't think. 
but if it was short, Clojo Andino is a perfect example. He's sitting at thirty-one right now. Like, what do you what do you do for him? You get what I mean? He's got to get two huge results to make the cut. Um, and I, he's not young enough. He's not old enough to retire. So you know, he's going to have to go pull up his boots and and get on the on the grind with all the other Saint Clemente Clements. It'll be will be the ringleader. Yeah, but there's going to it'll be the pipe piper. Yeah, up. Yeah, there's a good <laughs> pack there for sure. So. I mean, it's not where he wants to be. I know he likes spending time on the Gold Coast, but I don't know that he'd be doing it like for, in a rashy unless it was a CT. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. What about on the flip side of that snake? you got Molly Picklam, world number one. Uh, Chianka winning the last event, skyrocketed up the ratings. Do you think that sort of justifies the cut in a way or almost makes it look silly, the fact that how talented these guys and girls are? Yeah, uh... It's it, we we could debate forever and a day about this, but the whole the the bottom line is the WSL create this drama about the cut. So you got know what I mean? It's like not the drama just for the world title. It's a it's a whole another world title going down, which is the cut line of the guys not even in the top five or anything. You know, so the next drama is going to be making top five. So they're doing a really good job of creating drama along the road of creating the world champion. So. Um, it, it's whether you love it or hate it, it's it's creating drama, and I I can't wait to watch to see what happens. You get what I mean? So I'm one of those suckers. It's heavy. <laughs> you've you've been got, and and you'll be you know Kanoa working with yourself over at WA. You're going to be on the front line of that, you know, which I I I know that won't be changing your gameplay or strategies at all. If anything, it'll firm them up, but. Man, it, it will be a heightened environment, I think. Yeah, it's going to be... Jeez, oh, I hope he's in the car. I hope he does good at Bells. <laughs> I don't want the extra pressure. Neither does he, I know, but if you get what I mean. But, you know, yeah. I, I want to see Kanoa get back to the basics of what, you know, what what he used to live and breathe, you know. He loves competing and he he's kind of like trying, changed his ways. And I know, as you, you mentioned it earlier, try to be the Gabby and the... And the um, and Philippe kind of way of surfing the heaps of creating, riding more waves and, and using his talent. But um, there's there's the right there's the right time to do those those tactics, and there's the wrong time. And um, the first couple of events is definitely not the right time to do it. At the peak of your powers, mate, on the coaching scene, you were doing upwards of fifteen to twenty events a year between the QS and the CT. With an athlete like Kanoa, or, or even Griffin, has modelled this as well and, and Griffin I would say has clicked in to gear with it how do you train for those you know weaknesses of being able to like generate scores on subpar waves like if you are a gamesman like Kanoa and you know how to read the ocean you know how to hold someone off how do you pick those moments to go into battle and would you coach that in the person or would you send them off to a, a specialised you know person to go, and, to go and work on those areas no well they you could either you either know the knowledge or or not kind of thing. As I um, said earlier, Kanoa was the best at knowing what wave some like the score that someone needs and what wave they can get that score on. He was the best at it. Um, guys like Griff is not that good at it. Like he's like the sucker. He'll he'll use his priority and and you know and and try and do a huge air or whatever on on a closeout when you know he's he's held someone off that can't do an air. It's like a bit silly. You get what I mean? Um, but Kanoa was the best at it. And I coached everyone different to their strengths and to the weaknesses kind of thing. So if, 
like I tried to teach Griff of, of, of those ways when I was coaching him kind of thing. And, and Kanoa already knew it, so I didn't have to teach him. So, um, you know, I, we always play these games around the contest of, of, of working on, um, for instance, like, you know, uh, you've got 20 minutes, you're only allowed to ride three waves. Your first wave, you're not allowed to do an air. And then the next two waves, you have to do an air. <laughs> so it's, it, it's like getting your mindset of going, okay, I'm going to start the heat with like a five or a six. I'm in the heat no matter what happens. And then you've got, to, you've got, to got two more chances to, to land an air. So that's putting pressure underneath priority to land something and putting pressure on the other guy you're competing against. So we do games like that and to try and get him into that mode of, of doing it. And the more you, you play those games, the more relaxed they kind of get of, of doing it. And and if the, if the conditions are right, they kind of feel more at home that they've done the work. So I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm a little bit rusty at all my games, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I got a couple. I got a couple up my sleeve. I reckon we could refresh you pretty easy, mate. Just like riding a riding a bike. But yeah, you're right. And I mean, the one thing that I used to struggle a lot with was like those kind of call them weaknesses. Pretty dangerous to like unravel them four days out from a comp. Like, and it wasn't until later on after I'd done a few events with a few different crew. Like, hey, we should go to spot X, Y, or Z two weeks early and then go to the comp or, you know, let's go to Kramis for a week separate of the event and stuff like that because where Kanoa's at now with his, I guess, approach and everything like that, there's definitely a gap there with his aerial repertoire to the top guys and the year can get pretty busy. Like, it is hard to fit in those training blocks. So it is it is great to have someone like yourself in the corner where you can go to an event and get practice in and sort of be killing two birds with one stone almost. Yeah, I mean, like, Rio's kind of like, he's the perfect example. He goes two weeks earlier, he's got nothing else to do kind of thing and his whole agenda kind of thing, and he needs to know the wave. You know, I mean, he's never been to Port, he's never been to Peniche before, so he's um he's out there grinding. But, like, Kanoa's been to, he lives in Portugal, he's been to Bells a million times as a junior. You know, Belly used to take him and, um, you know, Jack and all the young, young Leo and all those guys around to all the tour spots because Belly was the best team manager ever. Like he saw the talent of these kids and go, you're going to be competing in this wave. Come to the CT, surf with the pros, surf the lineups. You know, it's a whole stepping stone ahead of everyone else. And, 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 and it worked, worked perfectly. And then, you know, having a coach that can teach you the ins and outs of like what, how to use priority and when, you know, all the little stupid things that you should already know. Like all the mistakes I made, these kids get to know all that stuff first year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ten years of mistakes. So they get they get it all in, a, you know, the cram session. So, um, but, uh, you know, my perfect heat for these guys is coming in with two waves, only ridden. You know what I mean? That's what I see a, a perfect heat. You've got the balls to sit there and go, I'm going to wait for an eight-point ride. I'm going to deliver. I have no nerves about sitting for 15 minutes and waiting for the wave I want. Deliver, not, no nerves about falling off. Bang, paddle back out, wait again with my priority and then deliver again and then go and then use your priority to stop the guy from getting another chance. It's like, how hard is that? Mm. Easy, the easy way. <laughs> it, it, that's the easy way, but it's never that easy. It's less, you know, there's always curveballs thrown and, you know, but that to me is a perfect heat. You know what I mean? For, for That's the way I coach. It's like, do it the easy way. And then you've got to adapt. If you, if you fall on your first wave, okay, let's adapt. What, what do you have to do next? And that's what you were saying about Kanoa's um, message that he said. He goes, I'm just going with the A plan. I'm going to stick to it. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, I'll, you know, I'm going to live and die by the sword. But 
that's, you know, Portugal's the worst place you could ever do that for because, you know, you need a, a B plan, a C plan, and even a D plan because, you know, you might need a nine, but, you know, all you have to do is paddle out of the rip for one second to get you a 10-point ride. But, oh, I don't know. It's, it's a crazy one. Yeah, it is, and I think that's why we all love Post it. Post-surfing. <laughs> it is. Yeah, that's right, and even he said that, like, you know, he had all these different ideas and what was working and what wasn't, and then he just kind of had to look himself in the mirror and go, no, I love it, and this is why I love it, and this is why I do it, and I think that's why we, are, you know, it's the same for us, like sitting back and watching the chess pieces on the board move around, like it's, it's exhilarating, you know, it's good good, good fun to be around. So, yeah, I, I cannot wait for Australia. Um, it's events like that, when they finish that strong, <laughs> I just wish Bells would start tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's Easter's are still fair way away, but we, we've got to touch on all the claiming, don't we? The, the claiming that went on. Yeah, was... Kelly had a rule. I think it was Kelly back in the day. Um, 0.1 under a nine, you you had to pay a dollar. So, <laughs> and I, I kind of would think to add to that, like if you're asking for a 10, which there was a few, like if you ask for a ten and you don't get the ten, I reckon it's a zero point one of a decimal under every is a, is a US dollar. So well, there's Joel. You know, Joel claimed an uh, an eight in the final and was claiming a ten. Like I know that would have felt really good that left and he was going ten, give me a ten. But his rights were way better. Like yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, it's um I don't know. Like Sammy Poopoo uh. claims like five point rides and stuff. It's kind of getting a little bit ridiculous. I think. I mean. I know they're all built up and they've got all the emotions built up and like crazy and stuff, but like, come on, like it's, it's getting a little out of hand. Yeah. Griff went berserk on one, but it was a nine five and he didn't ask for a 10. So he's, he's sweet. No fine there. Uh, but no, it, it is. And it's like, it must just be so much emotion like built up inside you. And I think even with like Jow's way, for instance, he was getting pressure from Jack, even with Jack having priority. Like, Jack really pushed it to the limits there, and I think that, you know, in your mind it adds a point, but the judges don't judge the paddle battle. They're just judging the wave. Like, so, yeah, all those little things from the service perspective would definitely add up, but from the viewer's perspective, it's definitely a little head-scratching sometimes. I like Cal Robson's claim when he got the 10. He basically clapped the skin off his hands. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That was incredible. uh, Can you believe it's the first 10 all year, though? It's like... The judges need to throw mm. a few more of those bad boys out, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, I reckon. Maybe, get, get maybe Yeti, talking. you've got a little budget on those those coolers that you win. <laughs> well, the conspiracy was John's already sponsored by Yeti, so he he got a nine nine three at backdoor. Sweet. All right, Snake. Well, I'm looking forward to getting the Australian leg and, and watching some action, and uh, we'll, we'll keep a, a close eye on those claims, brother. No worries. <laughs>